This is Swapna and Ray. Welcome to the Dreams and Hope podcast. Thank you again for joining us on this journey where we explore dreams and hope, hopes in the context of being human. How are you, Swapna? I am well, thank you. How about good. yourself? I'm doing good. Doing good. A week out of uh, sinus surgery, so... Maybe my voice will sound better on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are we competing for the better voice here? I, I hope I can improve my voice. You have the best voice, so uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I can improve. Maybe I need to go somewhere and get an accent or something. <laughs> <laughs> the artificial accent. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what I should do. The artificial was, Indian accent. I was watching The Amazing Race with my kids last night, and they were in Ireland. And I was like, man, that's such a good accent. I need to be Irish, you know, but I just can't do it. I can't pull it off. So. <laughs> well. So you have a new puppy. I do, yeah. Wow. A couple days. Little bitty dude. It's a micro mini golden doodle. Oh, it's the cutest little thing ever. We don't even have a name for it yet. We've gone all around. I was like, maybe Copper. Christy's favorite cartoon when she was a kid was the, oh, what's that one called? Um, with Copper, the dog, the hound dog. Fox and the Hound? Fox and mm-hmm. the Hound. So I was like, hey, we should just made him Copper. She's, and so she's debating on that. And then when I looked at it, I was like, you know, let's call him Whiskey. Well, then she was like, that's probably not a good idea to name a dog Whiskey. I was like, well... He's a he's kind of a terror, so let's just call him Whiskey. Anyway, we're going all of, all over the place. We have no idea what we're going to call him, but he's been fun. He's beautiful. Yeah, cute little thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to send Swap to the link so she can get her own <laughs> her own little golden doodle. <laughs> I think uh, I think I was reading something about the productivity trap, mm. which is. The better you are, the more things you can do, and the more more things you add to your plate. It's not good. So a dog would be one more thing on my plate, and I, as much as I think we want it, I mean, we meaning my kids. Yeah. And sometimes me. <laughs> well, you get to be, you spin, you spin the productivity plates, and then it's fine until they all stop at the same time <laughs> and you, then they all come crashing down. I found, I found myself a few times spinning too many plates. So I just need to get through the baby stage of this dog and then we'll be, it'll be fine. You know, I don't think so. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll it take care of be himself. A new it'll feed family itself. Member it'll... <laughs> for life. This is, this is your... well, for the next 15 years at least, you know, yeah. But Christy said, know. are we signing up for 15 years? What are we doing? I was like, Ooh, yeah, probably. <laughs> but I, I think they stay on with you. Yeah. Even if they are not physically present. Well, that's true. That's true. So we'll see how it goes. We're uh, we're having fun right now. So I got up really early this morning because the thing was whining. So it's like having a baby all over again. It is a baby. Yep. So, well, you had a long weekend with volleyball with your, with your kids. Yes. Is volleyball season officially going or is it just starting? This is like people who are quite enthusiastic about volleyball <laughs> and they play year round yeah. and 
so when school season stops that's when the enthusiasm st- season starts right so club and travel and yeah all of that so yep. yeah so so our enthusiasm season is heavily so we do 10 weekend things and so we have done maybe five so it's wow. like have yeah. done already and i yeah. feel i feel like i have arrived in the enthusiasm volleyball in the travel volleyball mm-hmm. mother travel volleyball mother career talk about another productivity spent plate you're spinning on top of it all i don't believe that this is productivity plate <laughs> <laughs> Just I, fun, the fun plate. I do not know. This is trying to be a parent. So I can't do plate. it. I can't travel ten weekends a year on for volleyball. I just maybe I'm a bad parent, but I just can't do it. We're too busy. Our weekends are too busy. Yeah, but you know, it's I, I do think that it may actually. So sometimes you think you're doing something and you're building something, right? Mm-hmm. You're building a legacy. You're building mm-hmm. a career. You're building parent. You're building your children. Like you're you're basically you're committing your time right. to not the just the act of today, but you're committing your time to the tomorrow that today is going to the harvest of tomorrow. Like yeah. you're planting your seeds. So and you want uh, your kids to look back on their childhood and with fondness. Uh, we were just talking right before the the recording about um, a place my parents used to take take us to once a year. And when I saw it on the map, I was like, "Oh, you got to go here." So wanting to go to Costa Rica, and it's the the time spent, the investment, like you said, it's it is something that bonds us into the future. I just haven't chosen volleyball as my bonding agent, <laughs> and that is completely okay. I know, I know. I But I have the Rockies, million, and you have the Rockies. And, yeah, we are similar and dissimilar. Yeah. But uh, we have million ways to be amazing parents. Yeah. Yeah. So volleyball is, is one of the ways that I am a parent right now, and it uh, it's been fun because it's uh, it's just a beautiful sport mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. It really is. So you can see these athletes going up high and smashing these balls and. diving to save those walls so when it works it looks like you're you're watching a highly choreographed yep sequence of like practice and perfection and and that honing of your skills so it's beautiful to watch it really is. when it doesn't work it's awful because you're like <laughs> child is like flat on the ground and <laughs> the ball somewhere far away yeah yeah you're losing the game but but when it works i think there is that that's that's the beauty of it all right when it works you can see the potential and the beauty and mm-hmm. when it doesn't it's like ah oh, the drudgery of life yeah oh, so, that's good no it's enjoyable i i i enjoy the watching my kids play sports if if they're having fun i i've always my my line is if there's no more fun i don't think it's fine to do hard things actually hard things is a part of life learning to do hard things teamwork and and working together but there comes a point where if it's no fun i don't know finish the season out and then decide you know you know sometimes fun is hard though yeah like my younger son loves basketball and he's not very tall right now and sometimes you just have to be a certain physical mm-hmm. you have to have a certain physique for a particular sport to even play at a level that's the right level for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just uh, it's it's been it's been an interesting journey for me to see see my children struggle 
uh, at a thing that they want to do but maybe they are not that good at it mm. so it's 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 essentially you it's essentially like school of life right it's you you want to do something it's not really fun because right. 10 other kids you are in a group where 10 other kids are equal to you three other kids are better than you three other kids are lower than you and you kind of try to find your place mm. in this in this broad broad yeah. spectrum of things well in the the ages you know 12 to 16 12 to 18 they seem so monumental at the time and then you look back on it and you're like okay i'm glad i'm 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 happy where i am i don't want to go back to that so but it is kind of building years you know those those uh adolescent going into teenage years you're making decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life but it seems so big like everything's super important um and it's it's good for them to feel that because it is important but at the same time when we look back on it i'm like okay <laughs> it wasn't that important you were not sure you were going to live at 14 right well, you true, were true true you had cancer and true. so i think it's individual journey it's like the unique fingerprint for yeah. your life which is different my mother is uh, loves music and has been singing after after children left the home for mm. the last 20 years almost and uh, she she loves it with the passion she i was just say, saying to her that she's inspiring in that sense that she has just done it consistently for 20 years mm. like the little singing on the side once a week the hobby the class but it it is more than just a hobby and a class it is something that really just gives so much more yeah. depth and dimension to her life and joy yeah. to her life and it's not probably been fun because it's learning a new thing learning is hard it is hard learning is not easy exactly. and so i think i'm in i'm in the service of being a parent to to really bring it back to the to the feeling that i have when i'm doing this and it also brings me to the passage that i have been reading about i've been reading a book that has been interesting it's called kitchen table wisdom and i found the passage before i found the book hmm. the book was written by rachel naomi rimen who was born in 1938 was a physician and seems like a true healer she she's deeply respected has been working i cannot even believe she's still working she has a lot of different things she does and the passage really stuck home for me and so i wanted to read part of it today and let me find it um So the the title of this passage is called um helping fixing or serving and uh like Swapna said by Rachel Naomi Remen. Um so we're going to read just a a portion of it. It says right here fixing and helping create a distance between people. But we cannot serve at a distance. We can only serve that to which we are profoundly connected. That's a quote that she has there. So helping, fixing and serving represent three different ways of seeing life. When you help, you see life as weak. When you fix, you see life as broken. When you serve, you see life as whole. Fixing and helping may be the work of the ego and service the work of the soul. That's a good start. Amazing. 
I love how she's framed it. Yeah. And I feel like for well, us. Well, I think uh, just to pause before you keep reading, when we talk about a lot of us, like I'm a doer. And when Christy tells me something, I want to fix it. And it really, you need to shift your, you need to shift. We, we all need to shift a little bit to say, okay, if I'm going to fix it, then it assumes there's something broke. But if I serve, then that means I don't know where it's going to take me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like whatever the, the need is, I'll, I'll just go where I go. So we'll see where she goes with it. Service rests on the premise that the nature of life is sacred. That life is a holy mystery, which has an unknown purpose. When we serve, we know that we belong to life and to that purpose. From the perspective of service, we are all connected. All suffering is like my suffering. All joy is like my joy. The impulse to serve emerges naturally and inevitably from this way of seeing life. Serving is different than helping. Helping is not a relationship between equals. A helper may see others as weaker than they are, needier than they are, and people often feel this inequality. The danger in helping is that we may inadvertently take away from people more than we could ever give them. We may diminish their self-esteem, their sense of worth, integrity, or even wholeness. When we help, we become aware of our own strength. But when we serve, we don't serve with our strength. We serve with ourselves and we draw from all our experiences. Our limitations serve. Our wounds serve. Even our darkness can serve. Mm -hmm. My pain is the source of my compassion. My woundedness is the key to my empathy. Wow. Okay. She continues, serving makes us aware of our wholeness and its power. The wholeness in us serves the wholeness in others and the wholeness in life. The wholeness in you is the same as the wholeness in me. Service is a relationship between equals. Our service strengthens us as well as others. Fixing and helping are draining, and over time, we may burn out. But service is renewing. When we serve, Our work itself will renew us. In helping, we may find a sense of satisfaction. In serving, we find a sense of gratitude. She tells a story about Harry. Says Harry, an emergency uh, physician, talks about discovering this. And I, I think this the the job of a psychiatrist, the job of a pastor, the job of a parent, the job of a parent, really any wherever you are. Is define is deciding how I'm going to show up today. Am I'm I not going to up? fix my children. <laughs> I'm not Even though we want to, to come on. <laughs> I'm not going to help my children. Right. I would love to be doing the best job I can in the service of being a parent. Yeah, but we fall into like okay, relational things with our kids. They come home and they've had a fight with a friend, and or something didn't go quite right with the teacher, and our are automatic as do I need to do something? 
do I need to do something? Do I need to go talk to them? And that's the helping. So we're stronger and we're trying to impose our, our strength or we give them advice on, here's what you do. You go back and you do this, say this, say this, that's a fixing thing. But being a servant is just listening. You know, what I feel is let's be kind to the parent in that situation. The parent's place of concern is coming from a deep seated love and protection. It's the mother is the tiger mom, tiger dad. (laughs) And so helping and fixing our instinctive reactions to, I want to protect my baby from the cruel, hostile world that they are in. And I think sometimes that makes them feel less because they feel they need to be rescued out of a situation or helped out of a situation. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to, to hold that being a witness stance, especially when the children we talked about in the ages between as they get to a place where they need to make mistakes, live their life. And more and more, I feel as as my children are coming into teen years, my job is to be a witness on the side without embarrassing too much. (laughs) The witness has a personality, (laughs) a colorful personality and an accent. Extroverted, colorful personality on the side of the court, yelling at the ref. (laughs) Yes, I know. No, I actually do not do any of the yelling. (laughs) I I, I do not do, I I only cheer Mm. on because I feel like it works against you to yell at the ref. It's true, it's true, it's not good. (laughs) It's not good in the ultimate big scheme when you are a hostile parent, getting yellow cards, being kicked out. Throw out of the game, yeah. Well, there's there's this stage of life when you have an infant, zero to, you know, 10, 11, coming into the teen years. And there are some more things we should put into place, boundaries, protection, all that stuff. But then the hardest part as a parent, this is for me, from my perspective, is once they're in the teen years, allowing them that eight to 10 year range of time to make mistakes at home before they're thrown into the world and get eaten alive. And so allowing them, being a witness is a good word, but allowing them under the roof and care and protection where they can come home to paradise or to to a safe haven, oasis, making those mistakes. And then as a parent, not jumping in and fixing it all or not jumping in and helping everything. That's a, that's a really hard, that's a hard thing to balance. It really is. I think sometimes I do too much when I'm anxious. Oh yeah. So it's really, I understand True. that my overdoing things is my place of anxiety and it's not my child's burden to carry. Mm-hmm. So the difference between me fixing, helping, saving my child who doesn't need fixing, helping and saving is that it's my anxiety that I'm really. Yeah. It's reactivity. You're reacting. My reactivity. Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes, yeah. not yeah. always. No, not always. And I think you're describing the differentiation. My friend Steve Cuss talks at length about not catching or giving our anxiety. So catching theirs and also giving ours is a hard thing. So. But I think as parents, we catch it all. <laughs> so it's, we, it's putting on the face, acting like you don't. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, it's good talking to you. This is a, a short episode. We're um, uh, trying to get back in the swing of things. So good to see you, Swapna. It's our February episode. It's the episode on being a witness as a parent, mm-hmm. the parent witness. Be a servant instead of a fixer. Serving the job of parenting. Mm not your child because that would be too entitled (laughs) yeah only parent your children not other people's children (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, good to see you. We'll talk to it's you later. Good to Thanks see a lot. you. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us today. Take care.